Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. Are you excited, babe? Because I know you like animals. I love animals. And this episode is dedicated to an animal sanctuary. And I went to the vet today and spent time with... Okay, there was this cute little wagon that came in, Victor, and it had eight puppies in it. What? And they like, like baby puppies. Baby like puppies, puppies. Yeah, so they were just all taking all the puppies to the vet. But they like wheeled them in this little red wagon, and they're all like whimpering. It was so cute. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, that was random. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have, uh, uh, so her name is Liz. Uh, she works uh, in Woodstock Farm Sanctuary. Uh, she works in their marketing mm-hmm. and uh, she has a lot of great information. I think you guys are going to enjoy this they one They specialize a lot. in farmed animals. Yes, they do. All right. Hello. Hi. Hi, is this Liz? It is. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on our podcast today. It's Nicole and Victor, and we're really excited to have you. Hi. Likewise. What a cool, exciting opportunity. That was kind of unexpected. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I feel like you would be talking to a lot of people about such an awesome sanctuary, though. (laughs) You know, we do, and we try, but any opportunity is always welcome. So (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. Well, to introduce you to our listeners, uh, this is Liz Truitt. She is the Marketing and Communications Director for Woodstock Farm Sanctuary. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so we have the right person on, so that's good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Liz, uh, before we get into the sanctuary itself, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, You know, I always kind of struggle with this question because maybe I'm not asked it a lot or I just never know how to explain myself or I fear I come off boring, but here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Don't Um, worry. We're we're good. We're good. We'll make you interesting. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, So... Professionally, yes, I'm the marketing and communications director at Woodstock Farm Sanctuary, and I've been a marketing professional for well over 10 years. I spent um, nearly a decade living in New York City. I went to college there at the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I studied international trade and marketing. And uh, I thought I wanted to be in fashion. And by the time I graduated, I realized I didn't. It wasn't for me. And I was seeking more, um, I don't know, creative, visceral kinds of career opportunities. And um, I, as a marketing person, have been involved with 
any kind of industry, you name it, I've probably done marketing for it. So yeah, didn't uh, you do like for like New York Fashion Week and stuff like that too? Like casting yeah, runway so, and stuff like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been involved with New York Fashion Week. I have done marketing for improv groups, men's fashion lines. I actually was a part of the Charles Schultz Peanuts team, oh. as in Snoopy. Wow. <laughs> uh, I've been kind of all over the place, but that's the beauty of New York. You kind of just land wherever and you get so many wonderful opportunities. And it uh, made me kind of a chameleon when it came to communications and creativity and all of those things that I experience really apply to what I do now um, and help me keep the job creative, keep interest, and with our large platforms, keep people uh, falling in love with farmed animals, which is wonderful. And um, aside from my professional life, I live in the Hudson Valley. I'm married to a wonderful man named Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. (laughs) Jeremy, they say hi. (laughs) He says hello. (laughs) And uh, we have a furry friend named Buddha the cat. And um, I'm a roller skater in training, a yogi, and a tarot reader. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's super interesting. Jack of all trades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah got to keep it interesting, I guess, right? With the pandemic and just falling into mm-hmm. new uh, things. So, that's, um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, and so, from the stuff that you were describing, being in New York and having these. I guess more like industry type jobs. Some of them are kind of off the wall a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. being more creative in a sense. But some of them, mm-hmm. they're like really in the industry of New York, right? Very high level things and kind of strange to go from that to like farm life, right? <laughs> to sanctuary yes. farm life, nonprofit, you know. So so where where did that kind of blend? How did that happen? Um, that's a great question. If you... <laughs> When I was submitting my resume to this job, I was like, they probably will not consider me because I was just doing such different things. But, um, you know, here I am three years later. But basically, I was still working in New York City. and I had met my husband and he was living in upstate New York. Um, I call him my country mouse because he's a he's a country boy. So uh, he kind of <laughs> lured me out of the city. And uh, when I came up here to live and look for professional work, I uh, was also seeking friendships, community, and just ways to give back. And mm-hmm. I am vegan. I've been vegan for almost 12 years. And I had a small community of like-minded people in the city. But when I left, obviously, it's a little harder to connect on a daily basis or be around people as much, um, even pre-COVID. And um, I was looking for that. And I was doing some Googling. And I found the sanctuary was taking volunteers. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I, I haven't really been around farmed animals other than when growing up going to like county fairs or yeah. you know mm-hmm. other places like that. And it just seemed like a really rewarding experience. So I signed up and I still can remember, this was, I think, nearly five years ago at this point, but I remember pulling up to the sanctuary for the first time and parking and just feeling like, wow, this place is so magical, like rolling hills, this gorgeous river, this uh, goats uh, grazing on these beautiful little <laughs> mountaintop. It's just, it, it was so idyllic. And I was like, wow, this is, this is so great. And then I started volunteering. And what that consists of is scooping poop. So you are <laughs> literally scooping poop and cleaning their homes. This is yeah. their home. And you're, you're welcoming yourself in and cleaning up for them. And they judge you and judge your work. And you know, want attention. And it's just, it's just the best experience. And I just got to meet the goats and sheep that day. And I wanted more. 
And I, uh, I'm a very tenacious uh, go-getter. I will say that about myself. And when I want something, I, I like try to really get it. And I stalked the job board for well over a year until a marketing position opened up. And pop, one came up and I applied. And three years later, here we are. So that's how I ended up working from Fashion Week to Farms. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so, so, I mean, when you really think about it, it's kind of crazy. It's very night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, good yes. thing that you got pulled out of the city, right? Because I, I imagine in the work that you do is not only fulfilling, but there has to be a sense of calm to it too. Like mm-hmm. being there it has, to, it has to very, I don't know, I guess it's part of that yoga part of you too, but being with animals like that day in and day out and helping them and... I, I don't know. It has to be some type of yeah. therapy, right? Yes. So I will say that we, um, in the last year especially, we've been a little understaffed. And as we, we have a pretty large presence, which I'm proud of, and it's growing and growing. And the work itself is very busy. And I thank my New York life for equipping me with mm. multitasking, deadlines, yep. um, handling stress, things like that, being the best of the best that we can with what we do every day in our jobs. And having that kind of mentality for such a a niche nonprofit world. And what's so rewarding is, for example, today um, I worked all day and I got to, um, we do some remote work, but I also get to be on the property as well, still at the sanctuary. And I went and spent some time. I closed the laptop and was like, let me go just hang out with some friends. And I was just cuddling the sheep and giving (laughs) treats to the cows. And that's that calm, rewarding, almost reminder of, oh, wow, this is why we're working so hard every week as such a small team to make such a big impact in the world. And um, I wouldn't change it for anything. I really wouldn't. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Dipsy. So many New Year's resolutions are about doing less of something. Why not give yourself more, more pleasure, more rest, more time to connect with yourself and your body. Get in the habit with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. They release new stories every week so there's always more to explore no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Dipsy also has wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash coco. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P- seastories.com slash C-O-C-O. Dipsystories.com slash Coco. Maybe I got ahead of myself, but maybe explain to our listeners what Woodstock Farm Sanctuary is and, and how it came about. Oh, yeah, of course. So Woodstock Farm Sanctuary is a nonprofit organization located in High Falls, New York. We're an animal sanctuary that rescues farmed animals. And we rescue pigs, cows, goats, sheep, chickens, turkeys. Um, Am I forgetting anyone? Rabbits. Llama, I think I saw in there, something like that. We have one resident llama (laughs) named Dolly, who's pretty famous. And we also have one resident goose named Wu, who's 24 years old, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and she's a firecracker. She's all personality. Um, but we but we rescue farmed animals and provide them lifelong care and sanctuary while in tandem advocating for animal rights in alliance with social justice movements. So we are out there doing the work and getting the message out while rescuing animals and providing them a safe space to live. Yeah, and and I I'm not going to lie. I was I, you know, doing research for this podcast. I was reading 
I, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I, I should read some of the stories because on your site you have mm-hmm. the animals, you know, some of the animals that are there and you have their pictures and their story. And once yes. I started with one, I, I read another and another and another and you just get so sucked in. I mean, they, they have their own personalities and their own stories behind them and, and it's it's pretty crazy some it's of them it's cool that you showcase that yeah because mm-hmm. you guys do yes. everything it could be a simple like you know it was a stray and you guys got it and you brought it there but to the most you know sometimes very sad stories uh that need a lot of work and uh, i was reading about fawn the cow that multiple oh. surgeries and and yes. you know and uh what is it splints and casts and uh what what is she using now um she has to get it changed like monthly, a new one, a, uh, a brace. Uh, yeah, she, yes, her brace. So um, our <laughs> to our listeners, we're actually uh, launching a new site <laughs> very soon. So our <laughs> older site is um, not the most updated, but unfortunately Fawn passed away in late 2020 um, oh. due to complications as a special needs cow. But she lives on in our hearts. And I was actually thinking about her today because she had a really big special ball and she played with it all the time. And one of our newest rescues, a young baby cow named Max was playing with it. And, um, it's kind of like, kind of like life came full circle. And, um, Fawn was magical though. And Fawn had her story, um, has really just touched thousands of people. And that's the thing when, when you meet one, you want to meet them all, you know, it's just, it's so, and, um, it's just everyone becomes so enamored with them. And that's, I think, one of the most beautiful parts of the work we do. Yeah. And, and just a quick tidbit. Fun had a, you know, they, they gave her a great life while she was there and they did everything that they could. Uh, multiple surgeries and she lived yes. way longer than she would have had she been in the environment. And although it was a loving environment, the second place that she was at, that she was trying to help her. Um, yes. they, they, did, they didn't know what to do with her from there and the sanctuary took her and, and really prolonged her life and gave her a happy life as happy as it could be. Um, yes, that's correct. Yeah, that second person, that person who opened her heart to Fawn just didn't have the resources yes. or the veterinary background to take care of such a special needs situation. So we were luckily able to meet Fawn and bring her in. And yes, she was a trooper. She went back and forth to the vet hospital multiple times and was patient with us and was seriously like i was just thinking about her like an hour ago she was like the sweetest most angelic cow i've ever met so we miss her every day and and talking about something like that i mean financially the resources that it takes to care for you guys have if i read correctly over 400 animals or something close to that Yes, yes. Right now, I believe we're at 380, so close to 400 rescued animals. And we are a nonprofit. And when we say every dollar given counts, it counts. So any donor support that comes in, whether people think $5 or $10 here and there really doesn't make a difference, it does. And um, so Fawn's, one individual resident like Fawn required thousands and thousands of dollars of um, investment and medical Mm -hmm. care. And um, people, but people rallied, people came to be there for her. And, um, it was, it was never a doubt in our minds to ever do any of that kind of stuff because we knew we'd have the support from our supporters and donors to get her the care she needed. So, but yes, we have 380 residents who all need (laughs) daily care, medical needs, things like that. And, and what is the process for getting, uh, getting an animal to the sanctuary from, you know, first receiving that call, be it from a person or police or animal care agency or whatever it may be, what's the process to getting them to the sanctuary? 
So um, sometimes it can be pretty easy and other times it can be a little complicated if it's crossing state lines um, or things like that. But one example I can give is uh, based on two popular cows named Colin and Woody who were rescued from the dairy industry in 2018. Oh, yeah. I read about them. Yes. 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 So they were at a large scale dairy farm in upstate New York and in the dairy industry, Male calves are not really worth that much money to people who operate these farms. And they're either just sold really quickly as newborns or um, unfortunately just left without care or food. And it's kind of a really heartbreaking situation. So it was kind of, it's always kind of easier to maybe negotiate the surrendering of male calves versus female for sure in the dairy industry. And what we did was we had gotten word about saving the lives of two of these cows and we worked we worked with the farm operators to have them surrender them to us and then we brought them to the vet hospital where they had to be examined get a medical check and they unfortunately had a few parasites and salmonella so we weren't even sure if they were going to survive um as just you know a few days old and then they were at the hospital for about I would say a month, and then they were able to come home finally to the sanctuary. And we do all our own transport as well. So we have a transport vehicle, and that requires hours of driving back and forth in all weather um, to do these kinds of trips. Wow. And um, there's a lot of investment and staff time and emotional bandwidth and obviously financial bandwidth, and um, there's a lot that goes into it. And then there are other times where we'll get a message on Instagram about a hen that's been wandering in a park in New York City and uh, she needs a safe place to live. And that person will just kind of drive them up to us and we'll do some in-house medical care. And if they need it, we'll bring them to the vet. And uh, it's a little bit easier sometimes, but there are a few people usually involved with the process of rescuing a farmed animal. Yeah. I I think one of the, it was a sad, but happy story, I guess, how how the ending played out, but it was uh, of Antonio and uh, Bertha, the piglets. Yes. Oh, yeah. If yes. you could tell that story, I, I read it and I know the story, but just for our listeners, if you can just kind of explain that story a little bit. Sure. You're bringing up my favorite residents. Not that I have favorites, <laughs> but <laughs> I, my heart's singing because um, I just love Bertha and Antonio so much. So um, years ago, I guess it would be almost nine years ago, Bertha and Antonio's mother was um, at a commercial pig farm and she was very, very pregnant. And um, unfortunately, what's uh, really just devastating is that the people working at this particular pig farm were very abusive to her and um, like uh, prodding her with electrical prods and kicking her. And she was just so pregnant and so neglected. And somebody um, called them out on it and reached out to Farm Sanctuary. And Farm Sanctuary stepped in and rescued their mother, and she literally gave birth 12 hours after being rescued, and she gave birth to 16 piglets. And that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was for too many uh, too many piglets for the nipples that she had, right? Yes, yes. And uh, with space and everything, at the time, nearly nine years ago, we had the space to welcome two pigs. So we were able to say yes to Antonio and Bertha, who came to live from Farm Sanctuary to Woodstock Farm Sanctuary. And brother and sister by each other's side, never knew a life of harm or cruelty and got to live together for eight beautiful years with us. And unfortunately, Bertha passed away this 
uh, past summer. Um, she had a sudden medical ailment that was just so detrimental and there, there was just nothing we could do. So, um, she passed away, but Antonio's doing great and he still has his friends in what we call the senior pig barn. And, um, he may be considered a senior pig at this point, but he's very, very youthful and boyish and <laughs> will, is so friendly and will come up to anyone, especially if you have snacks. So, um, <laughs> but they have a wonderful story where it's not, that's not uncommon. That's not, um, to having a, an abused mother pig who's so pregnant. That's, that's pretty normal in the industry. And the unique part is that she was liberated and safe and able to give birth in a safe space. So yeah, I continue reading her story on the, on the farmers. Is that what it is? Farmer sanctuary? Is that what it's called? Farm sanctuary. Farm yes. san- I continue reading her story and how she, you know, you know, and then she was all happy and friendly and very loving and, and after that, and, and, and it just takes yes. that one chance, you know, to give them a normal life to, uh, uh, to just change everything. Um, yes. This episode is brought to you by Upstart. You know that credit card, the one that you're afraid to look at to see what the balance is? If you've been avoiding your debt, it's time to confront it. Upstart can help you face it and finally pay it off. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off all your debt, all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash coco. That's upstart.com slash coco. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash coco. I guess I, I hate to ask, but is there, I mean, at, not every animal can be saved, right? You know, there, there, there's limited resources and space. And so how do you mitigate that? And, you know, how do you, how do you go, you know, do you, do you work with partnering agencies to try to get, if not you guys, somebody else to help and, and, and step in and, or how does that work? That's a great question. So definitely not, there is not enough space for all the animals in need, especially, um, I would dominantly say birds too, farmed birds like chickens, Mm. they, um, they need, I mean, every farmed animal needs, yeah. there's so many of them out there, but we see, we get an influx of duck and uh, chicken inquiries like every week. But basically what can be done right now is that the way, the way Woodstock Farm Sanctuary operates is that we have a network of sanctuary partners that we all stay in communication with. And let's say we get an inquiry about a calf that needs a home and we don't have the space, right. But we put it out there and, um, we ask our partners and, uh, animal activists alike, if we know where we can place this cow. And I do know that, um, farm sanctuary has a Facebook group. That's pretty big. That kind of does the same thing where, um, animals in need will be shared there and sanctuary groups that are all in it. And people who work at sanctuaries that are involved will see the post and share it or step in to say, I can help, or I can at least transport. And mm-hmm. we're all kind of working together in this country across the whole, the whole country, um, to help get birds from, or any animal from California to New York or vice versa. Oh, wow. Yeah, we just did a rescue um, at the beginning of January where we took in 55 animals from a severe neglect case. And some of those animals are going to be going to Georgia and some will be going to Iowa. And it's pretty exciting um, to know that they were in New York and they're kind of 
uh, yeah. doing a road trip soon to go yeah. live somewhere. So that's awesome. But that's basically how it works. I, yeah, that's just incredible. And and Nicole, I mean, bless her heart. We we have no space right now. Ideally, we uh, would already have moved into a farmhouse uh, that's in the works down the line. But right now, we oh, have wow. our, our little house, and she's already trying, you know, taking care of animals as she can. Sometimes it's weird because we don't have the space, but she does her <laughs> best. How how feasible is it for somebody to have their own little sanctuary? Like if you buy, and I know Nicole's thinking this because that's something that we would like to do down the line but mm-hmm. i just want to know mm-hmm. how feasible it is if we have like 10 acres you know and, and a house with a little barn or something like what 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 kind of work does that entail day in and day out um so i think it's definitely feasible and there is a whole micro sanctuary movement that um is so important oh micro sanctuary part of the animal rights movement yeah it's not all just big sanctuaries um because micro sanctuaries like what you're kind of talking about uh, are just as needed because they have space more than uh, the big sanctuaries do at times. And uh, I would say if it were me exploring that or giving advice, I would say definitely connect with um, animal rescuers or uh, animal sanctuary that you can either um, get some downloads from or advice, whether it's um, animal care or logistics or setting up the property, fencing, things like that, mm-hmm. proper shelter, all the logistics. And start putting the word out there in rescue groups that you're doing this and that you're going to have the space because people want to know that and they want to know when they see uh, an animal in need that they could reach out to you. And just getting the word out there and connecting with people who are already doing it uh, is the best thing you can do. But it's definitely possible. And I really hope you do that because it's it's definitely needed in the world. So, um, but there is a, the name is escaping me at the moment, but there is a um, organization that actually is dedicated to educating on micro sanctuary work. So, oh. Um, what I will do is I will pull that info for you and send it to you because it's uh, very informative and great. So. Absolutely, thank you so much. And and yeah. do you uh, what, are you guys working on expanding, or is there is 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 the sanctuary space in and of itself as big as as it can get? So you're just trying to manage what you guys have right now, or, or what's the future looking like for the sanctuary? So we sit on 150 acres, but um, we only utilize about, I believe, 75 to 80 of them because Mm. we are advocates for rewilding and keeping nature as nature. Um, But the thing is, (laughs) of course, we want more space. So we're starting to get creative. And the property that we moved on to, we were located outside of Woodstock, New York, and then... um, we were founded like 17 years ago, right outside Woodstock, New York. And then we moved to High Falls, New York in 2016. And um, that property had all these buildings on the property already. I believe it used to be some kind of um, boys camp or something, but there were little lodges and barns and we obviously built our own and what we needed, but there were still some buildings. And what we're doing with some of those buildings now that we may have used as storage or um, living quarters for overnight volunteers is we're actually turning one of them into an isolation space because we had to for this recent rescue. It was just a very quick off the cuff. Uh This is our temporary ISO for these birds. And now we're realizing, oh, we think we actually want to turn this into a permanent ISO space. So what we're doing is we're kind of working with what we got and we're trying to make room when we can and say yes when we can to animals but um it's a big undertaking to make more space yes. and we're, we're just trying to navigate it year by year you know just with what money we have yep. supporters things like that and what we can do and get creative and so can anybody just go and visit i mean i know covid is kind of weird but under normal circumstances can anybody just come in and visit and meet the animals 
So yes, if we were talking a year ago, or maybe I guess more than a year ago at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry um, to say that, man. I know. <laughs> if we were talking a while ago, we typically are open to the public from April to October every weekend for tours where people could come and give a small donation and walk around or hop on a guided tour and connect with the rescue residents. Um, we also host on-site events. We also have a beautiful on-site inn called the Grey Barn that people can stay at that just immerses you in sanctuary life. It's so beautiful and wonderful. Um, but in present day, fast forward to now, yep. what we're doing is we are uh, reopening our inn um, in about a month for full rental booking. So somebody could book the entire inn if they wanted to come and stay because we felt that was a safer option than oh. renting out the five rooms that are in it. And then in tandem, we're opening in May one day a week, every Saturday for ticketed tours. So we can limit the amount of people and it's going to be kind of a modified visit where we maybe just don't go into, into the barns and we mm-hmm. stay outside and we meet the animals and the weather's nice and people can still feel like they're connected um, and meet the residents that they're following on social media finally and, you know, get outside and be in a beautiful place. But, you know, on a limited ticketed basis. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. And I have a question. I know I've been quiet, sure. but it's because it... Nicole's been crying over there, and I feel bad just because I bring up stories, and I don't know these animals are, you know, had passed, and so she starts crying because she's so emotional about animals. No, so I guess my question is like, can you be too emotional to like work at a sanctuary or have a sanctuary? Because like this is my only fear. This is pathetic of me right now. Like I couldn't even talk because I'm like, oh my god, that's so sad. But I know that that they had like a great life. Um, so yes. I'm wondering if it would not be good for her. <laughs> if it wouldn't be good for her health because she gets so attached and so emotional or is this normal, you know, with you guys over there? That's a great question. And it's totally okay to be in your feelings. They are really sad stories when the animals pass, they're emotional, they're motivational, they're all the things. And I'm, I, I know it's really emotional. The thing that I think we have to do as a staff is turn on this part of ourselves where we know that there are so many animals who need our help that we make space to mourn and grieve losses. We we feel the grief when an animal is sick. We see it when they are aging and, you know, slowing down. But case by case basis, obviously it's all heartbreaking when they leave us, but for example, there's a resident we have named Ashton who's 15. He's, He's a, sheep. a sheep. Yeah. Yes. I'm yes. telling. You know I told you. I've been reading. I've been reading. <laughs> That's so great. Um, Ashton knows his name. He's the patriarch of the herd. He's so tall. That's why he got his name years ago because he's tall and handsome, like Ashton Kutcher. And um, <laughs> um, but he's slowing down. And in a meeting the other day, our team was talking about him, and uh, it was shared. You know, he he's old. He, he's slowing down, and you kind of get uh, punched in the gut for a second and you go, oh my gosh, like, what is it going to be like when he's not here anymore? But the other part that we witness and have to experience is, hey, Ashton got like over 10, uh, 12 years in sanctuary, if not more. And yeah. he's the leader of this, this herd of sheep and he lives at this beautiful place and he lived a beautiful life. So we have to remember that even when he passes, it's almost making room for someone new to come in and uh, allowing another sheep to be rescued and Enjoy, kind of, uh, enjoy that experience as well yeah. yes. and, and live yes. that good life. Yeah. But sure. I'll, be, I'll be transparent. We are emotional. <laughs> we're, we're shedding tears. We're, uh, there are days where we just uh, you know, shake our heads and we're like, gosh, like, this is really hard work. But 
when you're in it and you have the boots on and you're out there and you're taking care of them, you, there's something in you, I promise, that just kind of burns to keep going, to get up and to, and feed them and take care of them and know that, yes, like today might be a, a gut punch to the stomach kind of day, but I, we're making a difference and we're saving more lives by advocating and sharing these animal stories and doing the best we can. And is every rescue a happy ending? No. Is are there frustrations? Are there, there heartbreaks? Yes, but we just have to keep going. And I think, I think there's just something that kicks on in you when you start doing it. So I wouldn't give up if you, if you're sitting here uh, <laughs> upset with these stories, that's completely natural. That's a human emotion. And yeah. We need more genuine, empathetic humans in this movement. Like we, we need that compassion because that compassion turns into motivation. So my that, mom, that's my, what I would say. My mom is so worried. She's like, when you have this kid, do you think that you can love this kid as much as you love animals? I'm like, yes, mom. <laughs> like, oh my God. Cause it, like people are concerned on how much I care about animals, but I feel like that's, de- oh. that's definitely my calling. Um, it's just, it's hard. Cause even the cats I take care of, like, um, I hear that they're old and they, I got one eye surgery and I just heard last night, like, um, he's only got like a little bit left to live. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, she, yeah, I'm she like, takes, uh, she takes feral cats to the vet. And, it's and, so hard. Oh, it's just really, yeah. it's just, uh, it's hard, but I do know that, um, it makes me feel better that they're safe. They're warm. They're fed. Yes. And, um, I mean, they would just be out there if I wasn't taking care of them. Someone exactly. has to take care of them. So exactly. It's not an easy job to open your heart. And yeah be that um, openly compassionate and vulnerable to these individuals who are just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yes, just, it takes you. a lot to do it. Thank you for everything that you do. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. We, I'm really proud of our team, especially in the last year, just mm-hmm. kind of rallying together and getting through the pandemic. Like all of us, we've all just had such different, like, tough experiences with the world and the state of things in the last year. And, um, my team is working really hard every day to be there for the animals. And, um, you know, we're just, we keep going and we keep doing the rescue work. The rescue doesn't stop just because the world paused, you know, (laughs) we, we got to keep going and we do it well. So I'm I'm happy to be there. Yeah. And, and thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. And, um, where, where can people find you guys to donate and, and help out and, you know, whatever they can, where, where, what are all the socials and the website and all that? Yes. So, um, you can find us on Instagram. That's probably our biggest platform right now. Woodstock sanctuary, all one word. Uh, we're on all the good social media channels. You can find (laughs) us on Twitter and Facebook under Woodstock farm. And we have our website, woodstocksanctuary.org. And if you want to type in forward slash donate, that's a direct link to donate, but we also are on Venmo. We take PayPal. If you want to call us and give a donation, you can. If you want to send us a check, we will take the check. We also um, have uh, Amazon wish list if people want to give goods that the caregivers need for the animals. Um, yeah, we're, any kind of way that people can support, even if people can give um, money, we appreciate sharing our posts, liking our posts, um, clicking open a newsletter, responding to a newsletter, anything that kind of shows support we we love. So whatever people can do, we appreciate. Yeah. And by the way, the Instagram that you guys have is awesome. Is. I was scrolling oh, through there. Thank you. It's like meeting the animals and, and seeing their personalities and all that. It's, it's, it's really nice. It, yeah. It, it was really nice. I couldn't, I had a smile on my face the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it's my baby. So <laughs> it's, it's my baby. So I was just like, Oh, 
I love hearing feedback about it. And I, I really love to be, I love to have it be a center of joy for people. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Liz, so much for, for taking the time to speak with us. And, um, I'm happy you guys are really out there making a change or you're literally on the front line of uh, sanctuary. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I will send over those resources that I have. And if you have any questions about rescue work, you know know how to reach me. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. It's so great to hear people who dedicate their lives to doing things like that. It makes me just feel so, so, so grateful. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest, like when I'm on social media, um, and Victor, even the only thing he really shows me ever because he doesn't follow anybody and he barely gets on is animal stuff because yeah, he like yeah. knows that that always makes me happy. It makes him happy. And it's just like really good stories about people rescuing animals and um, I just love to hear it. I love to see it, even if it makes me emotional. <laughs> and Nicole uh, just decided, and, and I was definitely on board, that we want to donate to the sanctuary, uh, Woodstock uh, yeah. Farm Sanctuary. So what we're going to do is any orders placed uh, when this episode comes out, mm-hmm. up until the next episode comes out, anything, any orders placed on our site for merchandise or anything – all proceeds are going to be donated to the sanctuary. Yes. So make sure to get on there, order, and then uh, by the end of the week, whenever we have all the orders in, we'll let you guys know how much we got, and then we'll add some on top of that ourselves, and then we'll make the donation. Or, and- yeah, and if you if you this is just a way for you in case you're thinking about buying merchandise and you just want to be like, okay, well, we're, I want to donate to like the sanctuary. It's a perfect way. Um, but if you... Don't want to buy our merchandise. Don't and just go. Yeah. Spend the forty dollars at Wood. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Woodstock we Sanctuary. Everybody yeah, so. to just if you don't even want our merchandise, we yeah. don't care. Yeah, right? yeah. Go ahead and donate. Yeah. Um, either way. Either we way, just we're wanna... donating, and any sales that come in, we're donating. Um, and we would just love for you, even if you donate a dollar. She said anything helps. I Sharing it was, a post. I thought it was really cool that you can go on Amazon and because some people don't like to give oh, from money. Their wish list. Yeah, and like, okay, I know that if I buy this, this is going to be used for the sheep, or this is going to be used for the pigs, or that's like cool, right? Yeah. So I, I love it. They have a great system, and let's help them um, continue to grow and support them. Absolutely. And uh, thank you guys for listening today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Easiest way is on Apple Podcasts. And you can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And you can always go to our website, www.cococalientepodcast.com and check out our merchandise, which this week will be all proceeds donated to uh, the sanctuary, Woodstock uh, Farm Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter and at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram. Thank you. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on on your podcast app.